0: Welcome to The Chosen Business Owner, where Michelle Reel will be interviewing entrepreneurs, franchisers and more to learn how to build the perfect business. Michelle is an entrepreneur who has over 25 years of business experience. She is excited to build a community with other driven entrepreneurs and business owners. Michelle's hope is that this podcast will inspire you to continue pressing forward on your business journey as a chosen business owner dream of being your own boss? Are you looking to expand your current home service business by adding additional services? When you own a Taiga franchise, these dreams become a reality. Whether you have tons of business experience or none at all, Tyga Tree Service is with you every step of the way to help you grow your business. Tiger Tree Service provides superior residential and commercial tree removal services in an essential and growing industry. Our services consist of tree trimming and pruning, tree removals, stump grinding, storm damage, fire mitigation, lot clearing, and emergency tree service. The franchise business model is based on 20 plus years of industry experience and covers everything you need to know to be successful. If interested in hearing more about starting your own Taiga Tree Removal Service franchise, please head to taigafranchising.com. Now let's get the show started.
1: Hi there. Welcome to the Chosen Business Owners Podcast. My name is Michelle Reel, and I'll be your host today. And today I have the pleasure of speaking with Jeff Dominic. He is the CEO of KeyServe Company. And so welcome to the show, Jeff.
2: Yeah, thanks, Michelle. Thanks for having me.
1: Thank you. Thanks for being here today. So I am really um, excited to talk with you today because you have a super interesting background. And so if you just want to share with us initially how you got started in um, your business journey, um, you know, how you got started with KeyServe and then kind of give us a background of what KeyServe does and what your company is all about.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So I've been, you know, around the green industry, you know, scary enough for over 30 years. Um, and, and I feel like I've touched, uh, you know, just about every aspect, uh, you know, like a lot of kids, um, I was mowing grass, mowing neighbor's grass, you know, family, um, taking on small landscape projects, you know, through, through high school, uh, mowed grass in the cemetery, the Molly pitcher cemetery, uh, for $3.85 an hour, um, you know, back in the late eighties and, um, and decided I, you know, I wanted to make a career out of the industry. So, uh, I, I got a degree in landscape architecture from West Virginia university mm-hmm. and, um, and found out pretty quick that, uh, you know, I really, I really wasn't, you know, a great designer, right. It wasn't, that, that wasn't really where I wanted to to focus my time, but I, I really enjoyed the, you know, the design build, uh, side of the industry. I had a a lot of experience at that point through some internships on, on with high-end residential design build. Um, and I graduated from college. I was kind of a late bloomer, um, in 2000 and, uh, uh, the, the economy was really good. Um, you know, landscape architects were, were in demand. Um, I had the opportunity to kind of interview, um, you know, across the country. And um, I found myself with an opportunity in Hilton Head, South Carolina, um, for uh, working for uh, Sun City Hilton Head, which was uh, a Dell Web community. And uh, it was, you know, when Dell Web was Dell Web before they were. They were acquired by Pulte Homes, and um, and they were looking for somebody to um, to you know work in their landscape design studio, work with homeowners who were building houses. They had a really unique model. I mean, they built kind of a semi-custom home, um, and their their motto was, you know, we don't build houses, we build communities, and the landscape was always a really big part of that. And and you know, not just you know residentially, but I got. You know, the longer I was there, I got to spend time in the, you know, in the public spaces and um, really what they called the marketing trail. From the time you saw the community, um, you know, through the gates uh, to the model home park, to the golf courses, I was able to, you know, really, really participate in the development a lot of that. Um, and that was a lot of fun. I spent a few years there and uh, had an opportunity to um, to go work with the Brickman Group. Um, which is, is now, you know, part of the Brightview, uh, organization. Um, so I moved from Hilton Head, South Carolina to Atlanta and, um, spent a few years at the Brickman group. And that's, you know, to me, I mean, those guys were, were really good at, uh, the financial side of the business. Like it was, you know, it was mostly commercial, uh, maintenance and construction, um, you know, they were just really good at, you know, counting the beans, so to speak. So I really learned, you know, how to run a PL, and l how to, you know, run a profitable landscape business there. Um, you know, from there, I, I took an opportunity with uh, a local high-end de- design build firm in Atlanta, spent a few years there, and then um, slowly migrated um, away from the construction and development side, because I, I kind of got to a point where, You know, I need to I probably need to go do this for myself or I need to, you know, find something else to do. And I didn't quite have the courage at the time, um, you know, start my own company, mostly because I wasn't sure if Atlanta was where I wanted home to be. Right. Mm -hmm. I was I was newly married, didn't have kids. Um, You know, my wife was from Savannah and, you know, we really enjoyed the coast. Um, So. I took a job with NDS Drainage Products. Um they're a manufacturing company. You know, started out as a a territory sales manager and then a district sales manager and and doing some specification work and then you know 2008 came along and uh, I just remember we were on a mandatory furlough uh between Christmas and New Year's, so right? They they kind of forced you to take your vacation time. Um uh, and I got a call from uh, from then the VP of Sales, uh, Mike Fallon, which was you know kind of unusual. I didn't I didn't report to him, and you know he was you know kind of talking. And I was like, so Mike, you know what? Am I, am I, am I losing my job or you know? Because I knew things were tough. He's like, oh no no no, we just need you to take over the Eastern U.S. Eastern Canada, and we can't pay you any more money, right? So I <laughs> said, okay, I said I'm in, right? And so I hung the phone up and and um, you know told my wife you know, what was going on and, and, you know, really just got to work. I, you know, I had to, I had to fly down to Miami and get a passport because I had to be in uh, Canada in January. And I, you know, so um, NDS is really where I kind of grew up. Um, They had a great leadership team. Uh, First, first time I had worked for a a PE backed company. Um, Graham partners was our private equity sponsor there. Um, NDS had, you know, terrific leadership. And, and they really invested in, you know, invested in us. Uh, and, you know, we had coaches and, you know, we did a lot of, you know, behavioral style, uh, disc training, SDS, and a lot of things that really helped me, um, you know, kind of uncover, you know, my blind spots and, you know, my strengths. And, and so it was great. I spent almost 10 years there and, um, and then you know the, an opportunity with uh, then John Deere Landscapes came up. It was shortly after uh, uh, CDNR had acquired the majority of of Site One, and uh, they were looking for somebody to run their landscape supply and and hardscape business. So um, it was a great opportunity. I you know after talking to you know the executive team there during the interview process, I really saw that as <clears throat> th- this is. This is going to be a, a pivotal point in our industry, um, highly fragmented, um, you know, relatively unsophisticated. I mean, John Deere Landscapes at the time was about a billion dollars in revenue and, it, you know, really, you know, an unsophisticated company in a lot of ways. And um, so, so I, I got excited about that and, and uh, moved the family from at this point from Florida to Roswell, Georgia, um, where their corporate headquarters were and spent two years, um, you know, helping them craft the strategy for landscape supply and hardscapes, did a lot of, um, you know, do a lot of strategy work and, you know, gross margin improvement, uh, uh, projects, et cetera. And then had an opportunity to, um, you know, to go out and run p and for them, uh, in, in the Mountain West business. So again, uh, I now have uh, two children and my wife, uh, I had promised to get them back to the coast at some point. I never said which coast we <laughs> uh, we packed our bags and and headed out to uh, Seattle, Washington and, uh, and spent five years at site one, um, which was, you know, just a, a, a great opportunity. And, and really where I got this, uh, uh, you know, I just, I found this passion for, you know, working with entrepreneurial family run companies. That's what we were that's what we were doing out there. We uh in the five years I was there, we did uh we did eleven deals, um took uh a region that was about 135 million dollars and about three and a half percent return on sales. Um and and we took it to about four hundred million and and a little over eleven and a half percent return. And sure. um And a lot of that was strong organic growth, um, but a lot of it was the deals we did. And we did some great deals and I, I got to work with and partner with, um, you know, some great people. Um, And, and I just, you know, it was really exciting for me to be a part of that. So, um, you know, kind of fast forward, I, I, you know, COVID hit, um, we're way on the West Coast, our parents and our family are on the East Coast. Uh, You know, they were getting older. um, And I just said, you know, look, I I think it's time for us to, you know, to get back to Florida where we wanted to be. And um, and so we made that transition. And, you know, at the time, you know, the site one leadership were like, look, just, you know, move back. Go do what you got to do. Continue to run, you know, the West Coast. Uh, We'll we'll figure this out. Um, so at that point, I'm now traveling back and forth every other week, um, which, as you can imagine, you know, really kind of wore on you. And, you know, I decided that I was ready to, you know, kind of take that entrepreneurial lead and uh, and started, you know, thinking about what it is I wanted to do. And, it, you know, it ranged everything from, you know, flipping houses to um, I mean, you, you name it, 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 it's on a, a notebook you know, in terms of what I wanted to be when I grew up. And I kept coming back to the residential landscape services space and what I learned at site one in terms of, you know, really, really fragmented, I mean, way more fragmented in the landscape distribution space. um, And that's really fragmented, Um, fairly, you know, unsophisticated, you know, family run companies. Um, And I was like, geez, you know, maybe we can, we can, you know, do a roll-up strategy in this space, and so at the time there was a lot of guys or a lot of companies that were rolling up, you know, commercial landscape, uh, commercial landscape uh, companies, larger. You know, most PE, you know, they like to start with, you know, five million or so in EBITDA. You know, they 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 want to they want to buy a company that's already got an executive team in place, has all that infrastructure. And if you look at the top one hundred list, I mean, it's a short, it's a pretty short list, you know. So, I I started um, working with an executive recruiting firm, and uh, they paired guys like me with uh, with private equity, and um, I was just amazed how much interest there was in the space. Um, and you know, at the time, there really weren't a lot of you know thoughts around residential. Landscape design build and maintenance. And so, you know, I thought that, you know, we needed to, we needed to put together a strategy that was, you know, primarily residential with some exposure to commercial and, and municipal work, um, with a good mix of both recurring services and installation. So, so that's the strategy I put together and pitched. And I found a great partner in Kidd and Company. They're a family office uh, founded by Bill Kidd back in the 70s. Um, and, uh, just had a really good connection with them. Uh, they had a lot of experience starting small, um, Mm -hmm. acquiring multiple companies, um, to, you know, to kind of create the platform. And I knew that's what we were going to need to do. So, um, we came to terms, we got to work and we closed our first three deals on December 31st, 2021. And, uh, and we were off and running, uh, you know, January of 22. And, you know, we did, we didn't, we didn't have any software. I mean, we didn't even have bank account. Like, you know, we were, you know, it was really three different businesses we were running. And so, you know, we had the opportunity to, you know, to build out a leadership team. And I brought on a really great VP of finance and, and um, we've since added to that with, you know, some folks that I've worked with in the past and, and, and some folks I haven't worked with with the past and, and, uh, and, and, and you know, we're really building, uh, you know, what I think is a is a great company that will um, allow a lot of industry people to achieve their you know personal, professional and financial goals. And that's that's really what we talk about. And I think when when you talk to some of these sellers that we've worked with, you know, when you say, why do you want to sell? You know, the answer that I like to hear is, is, hey, I, I just don't think I can, you know, give give the people on my team, you know, the growth that they want. And I'm afraid of losing them. And, and, you know, coming out of COVID and how tight labor was, you know, uh, it it really resonated with me. And so, you know, we've done three additional deals since then. Um, you know, we're, we're right around 40 million in annualized revenue today and growing. We have a nice pipeline of acquisitions. We're focused primarily in the Southeastern U S uh, four locations in North Carolina, two in Alabama, one in Florida. And, uh, yeah, I mean that's the, the 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 short history.
1: I I really like that and it's a, it's an interesting concept that you have because you didn't have your own landscape company, correct? You you just started acquiring other so it wasn't like you had one that you were running, you just started acquiring companies that were already running, correct?
2: Exactly. I mean really what I pitched was you know, hey, look, i we have a strategy to build you know a strong leadership team. Uh, I know how to integrate companies. Uh, you know, I, I understand how to do deals in the lower middle market. Um, and And that was really appealing to um, you know the PE groups. And so that's you know that's that's where we are and and we've been having a lot of fun since. And the companies we buy, you know, the sellers, uh, the sellers stay on. Uh, they continue to be minority owners, not just in their business, but in in all of key So, you know, they they take some, um, you know, they take some chips off the table on the original deal. And then, you know, we offer them a second bite of the apple, um, you know, in the hopes of a future liquidity event.
1: Yeah. So then um, what are you doing? Because you said a lot of these companies that you purchase, they're they're mom and pop. They're not real sophisticated. What would you say some of the things are that you're giving to them aside from, I know you're giving them a leadership team, but what other things are you giving to them to help them, you know, be more sophisticated, You just using your word, more sophisticated, or and maybe explain what that maybe means, what that means.
2: Yeah. Well, you know, so a lot of these guys, um, they've built amazing companies, you know, yeah. really profitable, yep. long tenured employees. They've got you know, really good, trusted number twos, number threes, number four, you know, they've got this, you know, core group, you know, we've we've got folks who, um, you know, their labor has been with them over 20 years. Um, And so, you know, we're buying really good companies and, you know, they're all run a little bit differently. Um, You know, most of them, the only software they're using is QuickBooks, right? Mm -hmm. And then they're, you know, they're... They got a lot of complicated worksheets that they're doing in Excel. You know, some of them are using, you know, different, different technology. Um, we, you know, one of the first companies we bought in, um, in Mooresville, North Carolina was Dalla Casa and uh, Peter Casatelli and uh, Tony D'Alessandro. Uh, so Tony's the Dalla and Peter's the Casa, um, which funny enough means uh, from the home in Italian. Um but uh, they, you know, they actually had quite a bit of technology in their in their company um, and they had, you know, a really good, um, you know, a, a really good understanding of how you, you, you could, you know, make improvements in your business through technology. So so we've used uh, the technology that they're doing. We've implemented that in uh, in the companies we've acquired. But, you know, never have I heard from you know, anybody in the landscape industry, when I say, hey, what's the favorite, what's your favorite part of what you do? I've never heard them say finance or HR, right? Um, (laughs) Never have I heard that. And so that, you know, that's a big part. You know, we take, we take finance off their plate. Um, You know, we take the human resources component off their plate and we've centralized that. Um, You know, we help them manage their their capital planning and their capital expense planning. Um, we help them, uh, you know, think about, you know, replacing themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that they can, you know, take a step back from the day to day, because honestly, they're more valuable to us mm-hmm. if they're, if they're looking, you know, looking at the business, you know, differently than if they're looking at it, you know, from within the business. And so, uh, you know, all of the sellers uh, have, you know, really taken on different roles. Um, Tony, for example, he he's completely exited the, the, any of the day-to-day he had at Dalla Casa. And he's actually, because of his technology background, he's running technology and integrations uh, for us company-wide. Um, you know, so that's great. Uh, Peter in Florida has taken on a, uh, um, a role where... You know, we bought three other companies there. So he's helping to lead that, you know, bring, bring uh, consistency across those. And then Quality Creative in Alabama, there were actually four owners in that business. Um, two of the owners, uh, you know, they they had, you know, taken a long run. They really weren't in the day-to-day business when we acquired them. And, you know, the, the two remaining owners, uh, you know, uh, Stuart Trowbridge is is the principal now that runs our Alabama market. He's been terrific. And, and Brandon runs their high-end design building pools. And then, you know, same in Florida, Peter Black, we've been able to, you know, get him to step away from, you know, the day-to-day operational side of the business, elevate, you know, some strong leaders. And so everybody's kind of taken a, a step up in terms of, you know, being able to work on the things that they really want to work on. And that they really get, get supercharged by versus, you know, having to deal with, you know, payroll and, and, you know, recruiting and those sorts of things.
1: Right. And well, and then you said that you guys are mainly focusing on residential. You're not, you. you I think, I don't know if you said it here while we were recording the podcast or if you and I had talked about it earlier, but you're about 30% commercial, you were saying. Mm-hmm. Uh, so in, in going with that residential side of things, is there things that you guys are offering them to help them with, you know, acquiring customers and retaining customers, or did they kind of already have that figured out and how are you helping them take that to the next level? Cause you were saying some of them feel like they're kind of plateaued, they were plateaued and.
2: Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of a, a good news, it's a good news, bad news story. Um, you know, I would say, uh, uh, uh demand far outweighs supply in terms of you know quality mm-hmm. uh residential uh landscape services companies I mean we've all and just it's not just landscape it's any trade so think about it you know we've all had work done at our house mm-hmm. you put four calls out there and the person who shows that answers their phone shows up and mm-hmm. gives you an estimate in most cases is going to get the job right because they they answer the phone, they showed up and they gave you the estimate. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, one of the things, and we're using a lot of technology to do that, is we're trying to give our customers, you know, a really high touch experience. So, you know, things like uh, sending text messages in advance of turf care applications to let them know, hey, you know, we're going to be on your property in a day, uh, you know, make sure your your pets are inside, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and, and customers really. Want that? I mean, I think one of the things that's really interesting to us um, in the customer satisfaction surveys we do is our customers actually want uh, a relationship with their landscape contractor. And so, so think about all the services that you have on your house. I know you guys own a tree company, mm-hmm. but we show up, you know, depending on the part of the country, anywhere from forty-two to forty-six times a year on your property. I mean, wow! Outside of a cleaning person. You know, I don't I don't know, you know, what other service you have, uh, maybe the Amazon delivery guy, right, Uh, (laughs) that's shown up on your property, uh, you know, that that regular. And so what what we're really focused on now is, you know, we want to kind of manage everything from the doors out for our customers. Mm. Uh, We don't want our customers to be the general contractor of their landscape. Right. so we want to maintain their property. We want to take care of their turf. We want to deal with their pest control. We want to take care of their upgrades and enhancements. If they want to do a major renovation, we want to be we want to be the go to resource for that. Um, you know, coincidentally enough, you know, almost seventy percent of our revenue um, this year uh, on the construction side has actually come from our our current maintenance customers. So. Wow. You know, um, you know, we currently have waiting lists um, for maintenance customers, and we open them up periodically throughout the year. Um, so, if we say, "Hey, we want to open up," you know, and start a new maintenance crew, we go acquire the equipment, we train the the crews, we you know, we get everything ready, and then we just you know call the folks on our waiting list and say, "Okay, we've got you know capacity," and then we can build our routes based on you know, where we want to build density. And so, so it's, it, it, it really has, we've we've really just shown them a different way, you know, to think about their business and, and, you know, and how to grow and how to, you know, you can grow, you know, quite significantly. I mean, double digits every year without really having to bring on new customers, right. Our customers, you know, they have a lot, um, they have a lot of needs and, and, You know, the outdoor living trend and um, people spending and investing in the in their property, it it, it's not slowing down. I mean, I know COVID, you know, kind of jump started that, but even well before COVID, you know, coming out of the you know eight oh eight oh nine downturn, you know that that outdoor living trend is you know is there. So you know, it's not just kitchens and bathrooms that they're spending money on. It's, you know, outdoor fireplaces and fire pits and swimming pools. And, you know, the landscape contractor is a, is is a really key part of that.
1: Yeah. And then are you subbing out some of the stuff, like you were saying, tree work, you're not, you're not really touching a whole lot of that. So Then do you find contractors that you sub with for things that you guys maybe don't handle in-house?
2: Yeah, we, we actually just did that. Uh, we, we self-perform about 87% of our work, uh, okay. you know, and we sub, uh, we sub tree work, uh, you know, we sub some irrigation service in peak season when, you know, our, our, our guys and girls can't get to it. Um, okay. We, we might sub, you know, sod installations if we've got, you know, big, big sod areas that it's it just more efficient to have a, a, a subcontractor do that, but for the most part, we're self-performing the, you know, the large majority of our work and our, uh, that's what our customers have become quite accustomed to.
1: Right. And so then do you keep, I know you said that your typical customer, you're on their property 40 sometimes a year, but outside of scheduling that, are there things that you're doing with those customers to kind of keep, keep in the forefront? I mean, you kind of don't need to, if you're at someone's house 40 times a year, they, they know who you are. They're not going to forget who you are, but you know, are you running promotions or letting them know, like, hey, we've got a new service we're offering, that kind of a thing? Or,
2: Yeah, again, we're using technology to, um, you know, to make sure that, you know, when it's time to mulch that that, that we're, we're getting that. We don't want our customers to call us and say, hey, we want mulch. We want to get to our customers before they need you, because then we have time to, to schedule it. If somebody says, oh, man, we're having a party and we need to get mulch. Now there's a that's an urgent, you know, thing that we've got to deal with, which can sometimes be hard from a scheduling perspective. So our, you know, our our goal is to to get to them and let them know what they need before they, you know, before they have to ask us to to do that.
1: Right. So, So this is. Such a great concept. And I love what you guys are doing. You had mentioned earlier to me, so the the companies that you're acquiring are keeping their name in their area. You're not, they're not all going under um, the key serve name.
2: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, you know, the companies we're buying, they have strong brands um, and good brand recognition. And look, I went through a rebranding process at site one. Rebranding <laughs> is really, really expensive, right? So, you know, site one had to rebrand because you know, John Deere you know, said, Hey, you know, you can use it for a little bit, but um, you know, we don't have that. We don't have that issue. Um, And it, and it, I think it means a lot to the associates too, because, you know, everybody's watched those, you know, those nineties movies where, you know, private equity comes in and they, you know, destroy a company and they fire. And that's not real. I mean, that's not, that's not our goal, right? Our most valuable asset are our associates. And so um, we, we, we don't want them to lose their identity. Um, you know, we slowly introduce, you know, some co-branding. So, you know, they'll always have their brand on their on their chest. And, you know, you might see like a, like a key serve emblem or something like that on their sleeve. But it's, you know, kind of it's it, it, it's just kind of there because the culture we're trying to build is 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 like we have good cultures within our individual locations. But we're part of something large. And that being a part of something larger gives them a lot of opportunities. I mean, we we have quite a few associates um, who over the last two years have taken promotions um, and have either relocated to other markets that we're in. Maybe it's closer to family or maybe they, you know, they want they've always wanted to live in Florida or, you know, or whatever it is. So, uh, you know, we spend a lot of time. You know, promoting the local brands to the local market and keeping that brand identity, but um, among our associates and our suppliers, uh, you know, letting them know that they're part of uh, you know a larger organization is is a pretty key is a pretty key component.
1: So awesome! So, what are your plans for the future as you're looking forward? What are some of the things you guys are looking to do? Some big things that are coming your way.
2: Yeah, well, I mean, we're. You know we're a very acquisitive company, and so you know organic growth is a key part of what we're doing. And and you know we think we can grow you know eight to ten percent organically each year. Um, we think we can grow you know via acquisition, you know additional twenty five to forty percent annually. Um, you know we're not. You know I I'm doing this because I mean there's a like I like I said earlier before before the call started. When I was trying to figure out when I wanted to do post site, one, well, there was a lot of things that probably would have been a lot easier than, you know, rolling up landscape services companies. But I, you know, the industry's been um, a really big part of my life, you know, all the way back to being a kid. And, uh, you know, I'm just I'm focused on, you know, building a really great company in a in a great industry. Um, you know, you look around it's funny because we, we've we had people join us either on the finance side or the HR side, and they come from manufacturing or, you know, medical devices. And and all of a sudden they come in the landscape industry and they're like, man, everyone around here is just so nice. They, everybody seems to really enjoy what they're doing. And it's just, it's a great industry and it, it really is. It really is addictive. I, I joke that, you know, you know, once you get into the green industry, it, it's really hard to leave. Right. I mean, this is kind of a life sentence and, And I'm just trying to, you know, give folks an opportunity to, you know, see some of the success that that I that I've had and that others have had without having to, you know, go from job to job to get that experience. You know, let's create an environment where everyone can achieve their personal, professional and financial goals. And that's I mean, if you think about why people go to work, I mean, um, I mean, that's it. I mean, obviously, you've got to eat. Right. You got to provide for your families. But if you ask everybody what's more important uh, or what's the most important, you know, deciding factor as to, you know, where they work, money is usually number three. Right. Right. And so so from from my perspective, if we can do both, you know, personal, professional, all three personal, professional and financial goals and invest in our teams the way, you know, NDS and site one invested in me, I, I think we've got a winning recipe.
1: For sure. And I think one of the things you and I were chatting about this earlier that people that for sure that are in trees, you know, what? like you were saying to me, the guys that you guys and gals that, you know, they're in the tree industry, they love doing trees. And I think it's the same thing for landscape. And I think one of the things that people don't realize is there's a place for lots of people in, in the green industry. You know, there's lot, there's lots of different avenues that people can be involved and everybody really seems to love it no matter where they are in, in the industry.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's definitely a clear divide between maintenance and, and design build uh, folks, right? I mean, if you're a design build guy, you know, the worst thing I can, we can do is put you on a maintenance crew and vice versa, but, but you're right. I mean, there's, you know, whether it's floriculture or, or, you know, landscape maintenance or, you know, design build, artscape construction. I mean, there's just a lot of different, you know, there's a lot of different stuff that we can create. And, you know, I think the thing that I really enjoy about it is we're having a really big impact, like a long-term impact on how people view their home right. and, uh, or how our commercial clients view their property. Um, you know, this whole you know, getting people back in the office, and you know, we just we just finished a project where we were working, you know, in an outdoor space and uh, in a in a public uh, in a commercial facility, and and they just wanted a better space for their employees to hang out, right? It's kind of hey, this is you know, we want a place where they can have lunch, we want a place where they can hang out, where they can work outside, you know, because mm-hmm. the environments changing, and that's that's really cool. And I think um, you know, if we can put our our hands on projects like that and and have a lasting impact, I think. If you pulled a hundred people in the industry, that would probably be one of the top five reasons why they do what they do.
1: For sure, for sure, yeah. Well, where can everyone find you? Where can, um, if they're interested in, you know, your companies, you know, and then possibly talking with you about acquiring them or you know doing a business deal with them, what where's yeah. the best place for people to find you?
2: Yeah, you can you can definitely get us on uh, on our website. We're at Keyserve Co keyservc uh, dot com ocom Um, you know, I'm Jeff at Keysurfco.com. So, you know, we're pretty accessible from our website. You can get to, you know, all of the companies that have joined us. You can get to their websites and, you know, see what they do. I mean, I, I think the really cool thing is when you look at that, we are covering all aspects of the industry, but not every brand is doing everything, right? And and I think that's uh, I think that's really cool that we can um, you know we can serve our customers that way.
1: Absolutely. Well, I have really enjoyed speaking with you today. Thank you so much um, for your time and for um, you know just sharing with us what you guys have going on. I, I think it's really exciting. So yeah, thanks,
2: Michelle. I enjoyed our our time together, and uh, yeah, it was fun.
1: Absolutely. Well, great. Well, until next time. Thanks so much, guys. Check Jeff out at um, KeyserveCode.com. And we'll see you next time. Thanks so much.
2: Great, thanks.
0: Thank you so much for joining us today. Michelle's hope is that this podcast inspires you to continue to press forward on your business journey as a chosen business owner. If you enjoyed the ideas shared here, please subscribe to the podcast and leave a five-star review on iTunes and Spotify. Please share this episode with anyone you think will also find value here. You can find short video clips of the best moments from the episode at chosenbusinessowner.com and on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. Keep pressing on chosen business owners